You're listening to the IQVIA podcast, where we discuss ways to drive innovation in healthcare. Hello, and welcome to IQVIA's Launch Excellence podcast series. My name is Sarah Rickwood. I'm Vice President of Thought Leadership in EMEA and IQVIA, and I've been writing about what drives excellent prescription medicine launches since 2007. Today, I'm joined by Kirsty Scott. Kirsty is a senior consultant in the IQVIA EMEA Thought Leadership team. Together with Marcus Gores, she's authored an extremely interesting paper about a really important subset of launches, those launches that have multiple indications. And the paper is called Success Multiplied, Launch Excellence for Multi-Indication Assets. So let's start by defining our terms here, Kirsty. What do we mean um, when we talk about a multi-indicational launch? So many products are developed for multiple indications. And in our paper, we've focused uh, on the immunology market, where this is very prevalent, um, and also on a select example in the oncology market, which is the checkpoint inhibitors. Now, both immunology and the checkpoint inhibitors have a huge number of, of indications, typically. So one analysis um, that we looked at for a basket of immunology products found on average, these products had at least four different indications. Um, and then there are some standout examples like Humira in the immunology space, which was able to be one of the best selling products of all time because it had more than 10 indications. And uh, Keytruda, which has uh, the most of any product that we've looked at with 19 FDA approved uh, indications. So that's why we focused on immunology and oncology. Um, but it's a very important time for multi-indication because we see some very highly um, prevalent examples of where uh, diabetes launches are starting to expand into other therapy areas like obesity. Um, we also know that there might be some um, very prevalent and exciting examples of multi-indication multi launches within CNS areas. So it's certainly not going to be the case that it's only interesting for oncology or immunology um, areas or assets. Absolutely. And um, of course, the um, expanding area of CV met and obesity and new CNS areas are going to be extremely important for the future. So the question of what makes an excellent multi-indicational launch is going to be relevant for those two. So let's talk um, about multi-indicational strategy. Tell me about the sequencing challenge. What do we mean by narrow first versus broad first, which I understand is one of the big strategic questions companies have to address. Yeah, well, really the first big decision is um, what should your indication launch rollout sequence be? So in theory, there are two approaches. Um, you might go for a broad first approach where the, the advantage is obvious because you'd be maximizing your early revenue. Um, or a narrow first approach where the rationale might be you would choose a very well-defined small patient population where you can demonstrate the best outcomes. Uh, and the major advantage of this strategy would be that you can firstly demonstrate the best um, clinical evidence. You can also probably reassure payers um, both of outcomes and also on pricing uh, if you've got a smaller and well-defined patient population. So um, both have advantages um, and their challenges. But what's really important um, within our paper is we've taken a look um, and tried to look systematically um, at what type of strategy is most common. Uh, and we found something very interesting, which is that in the autoimmune space, 
uh, we found a very clear relationship between the patient population size um, and the average rank in the rollout sequence. So we found that within autoimmune auto products, um, broad first was the prevailing strategy. But we didn't find this relationship uh, within oncology for the checkpoint inhibitors. Um, and the reasons for that are probably that oncology, typically the data is less mature. So um, it's very difficult to reassure payers um, and secure access when you have uh, very immature data. And oncology is obviously very uh, fragmented, uh, very competitive and very complex. So um, our, our take on this is that when you have an area like oncology, um, broad first, uh, the rationale for going broad first is probably a bit too simplistic um, as a strategy. Okay, thank you. And of course, Kate Ruder was a quintessential example of narrow first success. But of course, once we've built the strategy, we have to move forward to execution. So um, can you tell me um, about two of the vital elements to um, success in execution, which is the speed of rollout of different indications, but also the consistency of commercial performance across those indications? Yeah, so... Um as you rightly said, um, the next thing after you've settled on your rollout sequence is how quickly can you launch successively in those indications. Um, and what we saw is that the products which we've previously found uh, are outperforming products and that have done very well often are beating what uh, the median product does. So we found um, that on average or the median uh, length of time to launch a new indication was uh, 0.65 indications per year. Um, and some products have managed to ramp up um, well beyond this and often those ones do very well, although we can't observe um, a very clear uh, relationship. And the second point was very interesting and that was about um, can you be consistent um, throughout your indication rollout? And what we saw in the data was that as you roll out, um, the variance between the performance uh, across our basket of seven countries became bigger, i.e. it's harder to be consistent um, as you roll out in the later indications. And we've always seen uh, that consistency is a challenge in launch, but the um, complexity involved with launching multiple indications makes this an even greater challenge um, for multi-indication launches. And there's many reasons for this, but you'd be competing for resources, for budgets. Uh, you need to make sure your messaging is, is also re is relevant for each individual brand, but also um, consistent across, across the brand. So um, I think it's very clear for us that we saw there was no clear pattern. The same countries were always um, meaning that that some markets um, were were quicker or better and some were slower or worse. Okay, so this is um, really an inherent challenge of having this long launch um, sequence. Let's talk about um, the promotional side of um, things because in most cases, it doesn't always have to be the case, multi-indicational launches do have a single brand even though that could be across lots of different patient groups and um, different doctor specialties as well. When you get into the promotional investment that companies are making um, across the indications for their launch, what are we seeing? So um, we did definitely see that um, a hallmark of the, the therapy areas we looked into is creating synergy or, um, or capturing synergy from 
the types um, either from directly promoting to the same HCPs or a sort of halo effect where promoting that brand um, can spread across just as general awareness. So uh, we did see that when we looked at the checkpoint inhibitors, um, we looked at how much the promotional spend was a year after a new FDA approval, and this does seem to decrease on average per indication. Um, and we also observed that um, in the immunology space as well. Uh, and what we were able to somewhat break out is a much greater synergy when you're promoting to the same HCP specialist, as you might expect, um, and a, a much smaller, but nonetheless, um, we can certainly still see examples where a major brand like Humira, just that brand name, um, is able to create a ripple effect across other types of specialists. Thank you very much. So to conclude, what are the five areas which companies need to pay attention to um, for success in multi-indicational, just briefly? So firstly, um, you need to get that indication rollout um, right and try to launch uh, in rapid succession across your indications, but without overstretching the organisation. The second is really thinking ahead on pricing, thinking ahead to the future indications. Um, thirdly, you said, you said it well when you said it's going to be a long launch and you need to have evidence which is going to come out um, across the product lifecycle and the multi-indication rollout. Um, so you need to be planning for that early. And then finally, um, you need both adequate resourcing and also a focused organisation because, um, as we mentioned earlier, maintaining organisational focus um, and momentum in the right ways is going to be a very uh, big challenge when you've got uh, a multi-indication launch. Critical. Thank you very much, Kirsty. And if you want to find out more about our uh, study, then um, head to the IQVIA website and search for Success Multiplied launch excellence for multi-indication assets. That wraps it up for our podcast today. Watch out for more episodes of our launch excellence podcasts to come. And thank you very much for listening today. Goodbye. You've been listening to the IQVIA podcast. Learn more about how we help our customers and partners accelerate innovation in healthcare at IQVIA.com.